It's 6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Friday, August 27, 2021. I'm Kelly Reese and it's time for the KVMR Evening News. Tonight, the California Report covers evacuation efforts for U.S. families still in Afghanistan and efforts to loosen zoning rules for single-family housing and new bills passage in the State Assembly. We'll take a brief look at entertainment news and weather before Felton Pruitt gives us a two-for-one. He speaks to Tyler Blue, music director of the Crazy Horse Saloon, and John Tabor, producer of the KVMR Celtic Festival. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Two San Diego County families who were visiting relatives in Afghanistan have been evacuated from the country amidst the chaos of the Taliban takeover. They are among several groups, including two dozen students who attend the Cajon Valley Union School District, who found themselves stranded in Afghanistan. But as we hear from KPBS reporter Alexandra Rangel, the race continues to bring home at least five more families who are still there. The Cajon Valley School District says one of their families returned home to El Cajon Wednesday. That family has five children, four of which attend the school district. Tamara Otero is the governing board president at Cajon Valley. She says they were notified that about 24 of their students were stranded in Afghanistan following the Taliban's takeover. The district received word Thursday that two more families were out of danger. We do know of two more families that are out of Afghanistan and that are um, safe. I can't tell you any more about where they are. They're not in El Cajon yet, but they are safe. With tensions growing in Kabul, it's unclear when the remaining five families will return. But Congressman Darrell Issa says he's working with the Pentagon and the White House to help them evacuate. For the California Report, I'm Alexandra Rangel in San Diego. Efforts to loosen zoning rules in single-family neighborhoods to create more housing has long been a contentious issue in California. But legislation that could create more multifamily housing took a big step forward in Sacramento yesterday with the easy passage of a bill called SB9 in the State Assembly. With more, here's KQED's Katie Orr. It's widely acknowledged that there isn't enough housing in California, yet building more has proven difficult. SB 9 would allow for up to four units on a single-family lot. It now advances to its final vote in the Senate. Assemblywoman Buffy Wicks says this is an opportunity to add to the state's low housing supply. We need more solutions in this state. Right now in two-thirds of California, multifamily housing is illegal. Let's legalize housing in California and vote for SB9. The bill drew support from several Republicans, but it also garnered opposition from some Democrats, like Assemblyman Audrine Nazarian, who says the increased density could be overwhelming for some communities. In 20 years, when we haven't dealt with the planning of consequences of bills like this, we haven't dealt with the utility, we haven't dealt with the transportation, we're going to be devastating those communities. Recent amendments were added to the bill to ease concerns that it would lead to real estate speculation. Owners who split their lots to build multiple units would be required to live on the property for at least three years. For the California Report, I'm Katie Orr in Sacramento. Support for the California Report comes from the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. Blue Shield of California, 
rebuilding the future of health care with every Californian in mind, from quality and equitable care to not-for-profit values. Learn more at news.blueshieldca.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. And now to a preview of our sister show, The California Report's Weekly Magazine. This week, it's a documentary from the Kitchen Sisters. The doc features voices of people in the Santa Cruz Mountains reflecting on the one-year anniversary of the massive CZU lightning fire, which began last August. The fire devastated California's oldest state park, Big Basin. My name is Valentin Lopez. I'm the chairman of the Ama Mutsun Tribal Band, president of the board of directors of the Ama Mutsun Land Trust. We're on State Park's property, tribal territory of the Kiroste tribe, a very powerful tribe. The Kiroste took care of these lands 10, 12, 15,000 years or more. When those early explorers on the boats came by, they looked at the coast of California. They said that the landscape of California was just a beautiful mosaic of different colors, of different plants. But they thought there was just pure random. They did not realize that there was intentional stewardship of the lands that resulted in that mosaic. Before Europeans came, the tribes here, they're manipulating the land by burning it regularly. By burning the grasslands, they both improved the seed harvest for the following year, as well as the browse for the animals they hunted that grazed on those grasslands, the deer, the elk, the pronghorn. Our ancestors saw fire as being a gift from Creator to help in stewarding and managing landscapes. It also prevented the buildup of fuel loads that would result in catastrophic fires. The Amamutsun are training their young people. They created a native stewards corps to learn how to use the chainsaws, certified them in heavy equipment use, so we could beat down the poison oak and all this brush that's come in since nobody's been burning it culturally for you know almost 200 years. Trying to restore that traditional knowledge is our goal. Fires can destroy things, but they can also reveal things. After the fire, going through and finding what trees are in danger, somebody found silver platters, ornate forks and spoons, antique ladles, falling out of three different large hollowed out redwood stumps. Hundreds of pieces of silverware. Multiple mansions worth. Tureens, coffee urns. Candlestick holders galore. Silver trays nested together. The fire had opened up the root system, and the weight of the silver had pushed down and started to flow out of the stumps. Clearly, this is booty from somebody's heist. I imagine that somebody somewhere still has some treasure maps with the little X marks on these stumps. Fires can destroy things, but they can also reveal things that would have been hidden. You can hear the complete documentary, What Fire Reveals, if you tune into this week's California Report magazine or subscribe to the podcast. And that is the California Report for Friday, August 27th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Katie McMurrin and Danny Bringer, with assistance from Seal Muller. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editors, Angela Corral. Our director of news is Vinnie Tong. Our executive editors, Ethan Toven Lindsay, and our Chief Content Officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend.
In local entertainment news, the Nevada City Film Festival begins today. The 21st NCFF is now streaming online, running through September 12th. The entirety of the festival will be virtual to allow for safety precautions due to the ongoing surge in COVID cases. Choose from festival passes for a multitude of screenings or individual tickets if you're wanting to dip your toe in the plethora of shorts or feature-length films. Tomorrow's previously scheduled annual miners' picnic at Empire Mine has been canceled due to concerns over air quality and the threat of wildfires in the area. The event began in 1895 as a fundraiser benefiting orphans and widows who lost their loved ones from mine-related catastrophes. The picnic gradually morphed into a celebration of local heritage and the unique history of Empire Mine State Historic Park. Artist Sarah Coleman is nearing completion on her mural in the historic Nevada Theater. Coleman says the mural will be entirely finished by October with talks of an unveiling gala event. The artist got help from a team of roughly a dozen locals, including Miles Toland, who painted the 40-foot ceiling featuring an oversized moon and geometric designs inspired and used with permission from the local Nisanon tribe. Coleman had previously painted the Onyx Theater ceilings, while Tolan is known for his large mural on the side of the Everhart Hotel in downtown Grass Valley. The artist worked diligently to include references to the Nevada County region. A collection of crystals and minerals adorn the back of the theater. A depiction of a waterfall on the Yuba River is showcased as well. Much of the artwork is done in an Art Deco style meant to complement the architectural features of the building. The theater, on Broad Street in downtown Nevada City, was built in 1865 and has seen the likes of Mark Twain and Jack London take to its stage. This story, courtesy of the Union of Grass Valley. Conductor Wayland Whitney is returning to take the reins of Music in the Mountains Youth Orchestra. Whitney previously directed the youth orchestra from its inception before moving to New York State to earn his master's degree in conducting. Whitney will also serve as assistant conductor for Music in the Mountains and has recently been named conductor of the Modesto Youth Symphony Orchestra. The Music in the Mountains Youth Orchestra offers the orchestral experience to players in grades 3 through 12 under the direction of a professional conductor. Auburn's Recreation Park will be the scene of tomorrow's fourth annual All-American Rib Cook-Off. From 11 to 5, enjoy a variety of ribs while listening to live performances from Cherry Bomb, Tribute to John Mellencamp, and North 40 County Band. A portion of proceeds benefit Crime Victims United. Tomorrow, the Miners Foundry hosts the Nevada City Film Festival After Party. Partake in live music and drinks after enjoying the film festival virtually. Doors open at 8 p.m. and the show begins at 9 p.m. Three-piece band Shy Tuesday brings the funk, rock, jazz, punk, bluegrass fusion, basically everything you could think to want, to the stage and dance floor. Auburn heavy modern rock band Arguments follows suit. And now for regional weather and your air quality index. For those in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight, widespread haze with areas of smoke with a low around 64. Tomorrow, widespread haze, then sunny with a high near 93. Sunday will be sunny with a high near 95. Current air quality is unhealthy for sensitive groups with an AQI of 127. Tomorrow, unhealthy with a potential AQI of 170. Sunday, unhealthy as well with a potential AQI of 163. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight, 
widespread haze and smoke, partly cloudy with a low around 47. Tomorrow, the haze and smoke continues with a high near 86. Sunday, you guessed it, widespread haze and areas of smoke, sunny with a high near 84. Current air quality is very unhealthy with an AQI of 223. Tomorrow, unhealthy with a potential AQI of 199. And Sunday, unhealthy as well with a potential AQI of 172. The National Weather Service warns of hazardous weather conditions for the Truckee Tahoe region. Smoke from the Caldor and Dixie fires continues to produce reduced visibility and poor air quality. Communities downwind of these wildfires have the highest potential for air quality in the hazardous category. And for our friends to the south, in Sacramento and Woodland, tonight, widespread haze and areas of smoke, with a low around 64. Tomorrow, the haze continues, sunny and hot, with a high near 102. Sunday will be sunny and hot, with a high near 101. Current air quality is unhealthy, with an AQI of 176. Tomorrow, unhealthy for sensitive groups with a potential AQI of 150. Sunday, unhealthy for sensitive groups with a potential AQI of 114. Coming up, Postponing live music due to Nevada County surge in COVID-19 cases. Felton Pruitt in discussion with the Crazy Horse Saloon's music director, Tyler Blue, and KVMR Celtic Festival producer, John Tabor, about cautionary steps both organizations have taken to keep their community safe during the pandemic. Talking with Tyler Blue, he's the music director of the Crazy Horse Saloon in Nevada City. Uh, thank you for talking with us, Tyler. Uh, let's find out what's going on now. I know that the Crazy Horse was open starting back in June, and then it had to close again, and now you're open again. So it's it's been a little uh, yo-yo for you guys. Uh, what's going on with the Crazy Horse right now? Well, we had a great run there in June and July, welcoming live music back to the Crazy Horse. And things were going really well until the end of July when there was a big surge of COVID cases here in the county, which affected us and our audience and forced us to close for a couple weeks to regroup. And the Crazy Horse reopened two weeks ago and everything's going well. So Crazy Horse, you can go there, you can get a drink, you can get something to eat. But music is on hold for a while, is my understanding. That's correct. We we thought it was a good decision to put the music back on pause. Hopefully the uh, COVID cases um, calm down a little bit in the area and just don't want to encourage larger gatherings of people. And, you know, I think indoor shows are not the best idea at the moment, so we canceled or postponed a number of shows until the end of September when we're going to uh, give that a go again. So that's a pretty uh, bold decision by the management of the Crazy Horse, since you are basically a music venue, but you've decided that because of public health, it's best for our community for you not to have shows. Exactly. It's interesting now because uh, even though things are as bad as they were in 2020 in a lot of ways, we're not being 
forced into a lockdown. Businesses are given the discretion of making their own decisions in this regard. And we are just you know, following our heart, following our instincts here and always wanting to do what's uh, the best and safest uh, decision for our audience, for our staff, and especially for bands that come to play here. And I guess now, too, uh, there would be another factor in there, which is air quality. As far as, you know, you are you are an indoor establishment, but you usually have your doors open and the windows open, and air quality is a big factor as far as public health as well nowadays. It really is, and, and yeah, as if it wasn't challenging enough with COVID, we're all having to deal with the air quality situation. I've had a uh, private outdoor venue in the area where I've, I've um, moved one of our shows recently and then had to had to cancel another one last minute because the air quality just wasn't going to be suitable for that. You booked the music for the Crazy Horse. This must be just crazy for you, <laughs> speaking of crazy. Well, it, after dealing with the nightmare of 2020 and having to you know cancel so many shows, I, being back at, at that point here, it's just, yeah, it's really uh, difficult, but I'm almost numb to it at this point. And, you know, we just push push onwards and uh, the, the bands are all very understanding and they're going through the same thing and, you know, finding whatever opportunities they can to play. But we're, we're just being patient and trusting that things are going to improve. So you have a couple regular features. You have the Band Beyond Description, which used to play on a certain Thursday in a month, and then you had the Geezer gig, which was the second Friday of every month. What's the status with those events? They will continue when we start having shows again, and I expect those two, uh, those two events will return in October if all goes as planned. We are uh, reintroducing our live music on September 22nd with Andy Frasco in the the UN. And uh, we will be having a new protocol of uh, requirements for vaccinations or negative testing within 48 hours for entry into shows starting at that point. Not on ordinary nights, but just on nights that we have music. This is the way that the music industry is going on the whole, and we think that it's the safest thing to do for all involved. So you had shows booked, I would assume, through October, November, and December. Which ones are still on? First of all, our September lineup was was outrageous. We had some really exciting stuff scheduled, which we had to postpone or cancel and hopefully will happen again a little down the way one of those for example is the uh, reggae artist president brown we were going to have for two nights and we are now planning on having him in uh, early december but yeah currently the two shows scheduled at the end of september are andy frasco on the 22nd and the nth power on the 26th which is one that we had to uh, postpone from back in uh, 2020 and now are you know, extremely excited to have this funk trio here on September 26th and our uh, 
October and November lineups haven't been announced, but we have a lot of really exciting things scheduled, which will be uh, presented soon. We're talking with Tyler Blue, who is the music director for the Crazy Horse Saloon in downtown Nevada City. Uh, Give folks uh, information if they want to find out uh, your schedules and your menus and stuff like that. Our website is crazyhorsenc, like nevadacity.com, and that's always the most reliable resource for to check our, our music calendar and our menu. You can also follow us on Facebook and uh, Instagram, crazy like a horse. Okay, well, that's wonderful. I think that anybody that would like to continue supporting one of our main local businesses in Nevada City should come by and get some food or, or have a beer and keep your business open until you can go back to the full bore with the, uh, the music coming back to the Crazy Horse. Thanks, Felton. We really appreciate the support of the community and everyone's understanding as we navigate this very interesting process. All right. That's Tyler Blue from the Crazy Horse Saloon. Thanks for talking with us, Tyler. Thanks a lot. We're talking with John Tabor. He's the producer of the KVMR Celtic Festival, which was uh, supposed to happen last year and then was again rescheduled for this year. John, what's the latest? Well, we were on our way to producing a little one-day event with three or four local acts uh, that was going to go out on September 26th over at Pioneer Park in in an overabundance of caution with the rising uh, Delta variant cases of COVID-19. We decided to curtail those plans. So right now what we have is September of 2022 on our radar and... um, if things go uh, hopefully according to some semblance of normal, we should start production on that around the 1st of November for September of 2022. Did we ever sell tickets for this year's uh, one-day festival? We did, and they've all been refunded. All of them, 100%, have been refunded. Oh, boy, that, that was efficient. Very good. Good work there. <laughs> so I imagine you're just, all you can do is stay in touch with all the bands and, and keep, you know, get back to them next year. Yeah, I mean, some of the artists, you know, like, like Ireland is still not letting people out of their country. So some of those acts that I was bringing from there couldn't come today if, uh, if that were the case. Uh, who knows when that restriction will be lifted. Some of the other countries as well still have restrictions, and I'm sure the United States has restrictions on who they're letting in and what the what the protocols are for that as well. So it's you know something that we will have to work through. Um, just another layer on already a complicated production. Not something that needed more layers, but we've got them anyway. Yeah. Well, the Celtic Festival is certainly a very special thing. It takes a lot of time to put it together just right, so it is the magical event. And so I guess we're just going to regroup and uh, circle the wagons and get ready for 2022. That is the plan. I appreciate you giving me some time to chat about it. If people want more information, uh, give the website and stuff for folks. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a little information there. But, you know, like I said, we're, we're just getting ready to uh, see if there is uh, any interest in uh, mounting a full uh, on production for September of 2022. What's that website? KVMRCelticFestival.org, and there is a Celtic Festival page on Facebook as well. All right. We've been talking with John Tabor, the producer of the KVMR Celtic Festival. Good luck, John. Thanks, buddy. Take care. 
That's our newscast for tonight. KVMR gets support from The Pizza Joint, offering New York-style pizzas by the slicer pie, cheese or meatball manicotti, and more. Open daily, takeout or curbside pickup for social distancing. Commercial Street, Nevada City. ThePizzaJointNC.com And California Solar, local B Corp employee-owned solar co-op in Grass Valley. Working to balance profit and purpose. Specializing in residential and commercial solar systems, including battery backup systems. California Solar, cal-solar.coop. Stick around, at 6.30 we have the California Report magazine. Then at 7 we have Democracy Now! with host Amy Goodman. Thanks for listening, I'm Kelly Reese, signing off. Have a great weekend and stay safe out there.